0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Right, okay. uh, let's get into um, the first topic of this hour, which uh, is rugby. Um, And it's uh, around about uh, David uh, Moffat, really. Um, He's the former New Zealand CEO uh, of uh, rugby, of course. He's also got a really proud and long history in uh, administration of sport. He was head of Sport England, actually, until he called them out. Um, and um, lost that battle but uh, with New Zealand rugby he's been uh, one of the chief architects of Sansar when it uh, first came about he was uh, part of the group that put that together now yesterday David Moffat was on with Mark Stafford and uh, when David Moffat goes to air usually sparks fly and usually there's a reaction. So we're going to listen to a couple of excerpts with him with Stafford yesterday. S-E-N-Z. So what do
0: we have to turn around, David? Like... Um Attendances are down at Super Rugby. There were four games in New Zealand last weekend, and more people went to the Dolphins-Broncos game in Brisbane than all four Super Rugby games in New Zealand here, and it is our number one sport. Uh, NPC numbers are dwindling as well. Viewership numbers are dwindling. We're losing players overseas. You've already highlighted the coaches overseas. Uh, So much intellectual property over there. Do we have to... Um, central or or just narrow the field do we need less teams (laughs) do we need to do something really radical
2: well i don't think any of the rugby unions around the world are into radical you know that's a problem Mm. um you know you i mean my understanding is that basketball is now a bigger participation sport than rugby in new zealand it is and when i tell people that from overseas they're flabbergasted that, that could have happened but it has happened and for a whole lot of reasons the game at the moment the way it's played in most countries not New Zealand but most countries is atrocious to watch I wouldn't like to play it and I certainly wouldn't like to referee it as a former referee <laughs> and what they what and what, and what rugby has forgotten is especially at the, at the um, professional level what business are they in they're not in rugby they're in the entertainment business. Mm. And the entertainment has gone out of rugby, so people are saying I'm not going to go and watch that again. Bash kick, bash kick, bash kick. It's like unlimited rugby league, you know, unlimited tackled rugby league, whereas it was used to be in the '60s. So you know, people want to be entertained. They've got a very short, you know, attention span. And that is one of the things that I think uh, where New Zealand is missing out. We never hear from the chief executive. That he never comes out and tells us, you know, what the plans are, what they're doing, what his vision is for the future. Nobody knows. And people are being turned off by that. Uh, and so, you know, there's some fundamental issues that have got to be addressed. They're not easy to address, by the way, because times they um, have been a changing for a long time. But if you don't understand that you're in the entertainment industry and you'd better start entertaining people, then you'll lose them.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You, you touched on Mark Robinson, CEO of New Zealand Rugby. In your, mm. If you had the CEO hat on now, what, or, or even back then, what was your approach to communication with media, oh. with public, et cetera?
2: Well, if you rang me up for an interview, I'd do it straight away because mm. I, I loved it, you know? Um, and I guess that's why radio stations like yourselves and others, um, you know, get me on. Because what they'll know I'll have something to say. It might or might not be interesting, but I'll at least have something to say. I'm available to have something to say. And I'm passionate about New Zealand rugby. And, and I will, you know, and I will speak truthfully. And, and that's really what you guys want. In the media, you, you you don't want all these, you know, I've got three must-says and I'm never going to get off those. And and those must-says are going to be where I'm really nothing. You know, you're in the entertainment business. Mm. Rugby's in the entertainment business, but they don't seem to, this Robinson guy doesn't seem to understand that. He's got to get out there and communicate with the fans. Otherwise, so they'll go, Ah, oh, you know, what the hell? I mean, the number of people I speak to now say, well, they just can't be bothered. You know, and that, and that is that is a very quick, massive change. When you take the re, the 2019 Rugby World Cup result, nobody cared. You know, really nobody cared. Oh yeah, so you know we lost. Well, so what? Whereas, you know, just a few years before that, you know, all hell would break loose. How dare we lose? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But that's gone.
0: Mm. it 's interesting, you mentioned that actually, because if I get the I can get the CEO of the Warriors in ten minutes, I can get CEO of New Zealand basketball biggest participation in sport I can get him in five minutes. But Mark Robinson, two weeks ago, said he'd come on with me two weeks after Scott Robertson, or after the next All Black coach was named, told me a couple of things that might be happening in June, but not ready to announce it yet. And I said, why don't you tell people what you're thinking? What, what are you working towards, this global rugby calendar that apparently there's a meeting in June and they feel like it might get across the line, even though it's been talked about for a hundred years. Why don't you take us on that journey? Oh, it's too early to talk about it. But I feel like there's a lack of involvement from the top with media, um, because the the media is the only way that people that were in your position are in Mark Robinson's position can talk to the public.
2: Absolutely, and and how many sports get an opportunity to actually get on to your show and other shows um, free of charge, mm. right? And 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 tell everybody about their sport. Mm. I mean, there would be there would be sports out there who who would pay to be able to do that yet with rugby you mean rugby league for example in sydney the back 10 pages of the of the daily telegraph of rugby league um and uh you know that's an incredible amount of free advertising that you get Mm. and you guys you you know if you go on on your show that's free advertising so why wouldn't you go on honestly i get so frustrated you know, if you don't like doing media or you can't because you're incompetent or whatever it is, get somebody on there who can mm. get somebody on there who can give you a story which you then actually let all of the fans know and uh, but they won't do it. You know, they seem to think that, it's, uh, oh, we've got to keep everything secret and, you know, why should we tell the fans what's going on? Well, the fans pay their wages. Whichever way you look at it, the fans are the most important thing that you've got because they either, they either um, subscribe to Sky or to your show or to other shows or to, they buy newspapers or all that sort of stuff. The fans are keeping this sport alive. And yet they treat the fans in New Zealand with disdain.
1: Right, that's um, David Moffat with uh, Mark Stafford yesterday. Well, he's got another segment that we'll play a little bit later too, I think, uh, which is a good one too on losing coaches overseas. But uh, first of all, reaction to that, it's nothing new. Uh, Logan, from our point of view, it is nothing new. Staffy pointed out the fact there where Mark Robinson is pretty damn hard to get hold of and uh, if you manage to get hold of him, pretty hard thing to budge things out of. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's almost as if he's been trained in that regard. I do not know whether he has. I would have thought part of his brief was the portrayal of the game. Very, very important part of the ga- uh, of his brief was a portrayal and the image uh, of the game, with a view to how it looks to the fans. Um, but he does keep them guessing. There's no doubt about that.
3: Yeah, it's a weird one with Mark Robinson, and especially, I don't know, with our geographical location of SENZ, literally up the hallway from New Zealand Rugby. We always see Mark Robinson in the cafe that is right next to us, right next to the studio. Uh, but quite often, you know, we will give him the invite like, look, mate, we're just up the hall. Just come in. We'll make you feel welcome. You can have your say. You can enlighten us on what is happening. And just so often, um, unfortunately, it's it's crickets. I don't know why. If he, if he feels like there's nothing to say, but there's a lot of people that want to hear from him. So clearly there is things to be said. There are, there are always questions to be answered. And then... Um, staff kind of brings up that point of, well, I could get the CEO of, you know, the Warriors of New Zealand basketball on, just like that. And he is right. Guys, Cameron George, is always happy to talk. Dylan Boucher, always happy to talk. And, uh, you know, they get it. They get that they're, they're in the entertainment business. We're in the entertain, entertainment business. We all kind of, to me, I feel like the idea is that we all work in harmony so that the fans know what's going on. And then another one that gets it is New Zealand cricket, Smithy. I'll, I'll give today as an example having Mili Kur on. She got back from India at I believe it was one a.m. on Tuesday. And I was like, look, I know she's going to be feeling pretty jet lagged, so let, you know we'll give her at least a day. Uh, and then she was happy to come on today, and she was fantastic. And you get that a lot with a lot of the uh, people from New Zealand cricket. The Black Caps and the White Ferns are always quite happy to, to help out wherever possible. Um, funnily enough, I got a call. This is where we're at, Smithy. I got a call yesterday from the Warriors asking if we wanted someone on. And I was mm. like, yes, you know we love you. You know we'll do it. Uh, but the fact that they're proactive, I think that really, really says a lot.
1: Well, I I think it's true I I, I do and and there is no face of rugby um, in this country as such there's there's no one really Um, the All Blacks have their faces from a playing perspective but there's no real face of New Zealand rugby when Steve Chu was there, like him or hate him there was a face Mm. and Steve Chu was readily available he was confrontational he would defend rugby and his decisions to the hilt but he would always come on um, he was uh, available to you. You knew who the CEO of New Zealand Rugby was. Um, and he was, uh, he was media savvy as such. And media is a big part of it, as you say. They pay, and David Moffat said, pay the bills, pay the wages. Uh, at, at the end of the day, they pay these massive uh, amounts of money, not just to cover uh, the game, the right to cover the game, but the right to the information around the game, the right to, to spread the word around the game. It's not just for me. It's not just the fact that you um, you know you you show the pictures, mm. but you, you you should have access if you pay the if you pay the freight.
3: And I, I will say, I think people do know who the CEO of uh, New Zealand Rugby is, but for not those reasons that you just mentioned, Smithy. Uh, I think the whole you know raise, the Razor Fozzy uh, debacle definitely helped in that regard. Uh, I, I deal a lot with Super Rugby media managers in, in this role, as you can imagine, and I will say that a lot of them, and this goes for the, um, particularly the Blackfoons as well, they do try hard to, you know, sort of create that access. Uh, so I, I don't really put it on them, but sometimes they get shut down. Um, you know, I've got a friend uh, that I, I used to work with who now looks after one of the Super Rugby teams, and they'll try but then they get pushed back. And it's just like, why? I just, I, I don't get it. And you can hear that kind of frustration there from David Moffat, that he doesn't understand it either. And as to why rugby is like that in this country, it is bizarre. They're losing the numbers. They're losing interest. And man, they really need to sort it out, figure it out. Otherwise, it's going to keep going on the decline, Smithy.
1: And it's a shot in the arm.
3: The other subject i are really
1: keen to listen to is on losing coaches overseas, and this is what he had to say there.
0: Should New Zealand rugby fans be concerned? We've had a few texts and calls into the show saying we've got depth. If players want to go, they can go and we'll we'll fill it. Can that keep going? Is there a concern? Is this good for New Zealand rugby, what's happening at the moment?
2: No. No, it's not good because it affects every every tier of New Zealand rugby, Um, you know, from clubs all the way up. You know, and we have a look now. For example, the All Blacks never play NPC, and that and that's degraded the NPC. They never play. Well, they play obviously in Super Rugby, but a lot of them, um, you know, they, they start late in Super Rugby. And if those play, now that's my biggest concern. Is that the more that players go, it's not so much the All Blacks, um, but it's those players that are playing Super Rugby. And the more of those players that go, the Uh, the the more it's going to affect super rugby. And I don't think we have a conveyor belt any longer to the extent that we used to in the past uh, because um, of a variety of reasons. But, you know, it it is a concern. When we started super rugby back in 1995, 96, and I was at the very beginning of all of that, we actually used to have conversations about how could we not affect club rugby Mm. as much with super rugby. Um, And, of course, that changed. They went to 18 teams. They went to, you know, playing over an extended period of time. So club rugby completely got um, washed away by super rugby. And that's pretty much happened with the NPC. Now, the NPC, for example, in Australia, the NPC, they're very envious of it because what it does is it brings the players up through another level. And if, if all these players are going to be going, that is the area. And there's one other thing too that I'd like to mention, and that is the drain of coaches. The number of coaches coaching overseas um, who could actually be in the all, all Black coaching frame, you know, in future years, uh, is is massive. And and you can't lose all those good coaches. I mean, the last you know, Ray's has just been appointed, and I've and I've always thought that was a good idea to appoint him. But outside of that. You only had um, Jamie Joseph was the only other applicant. Mm. All the others are overseas or they didn't want to coach for whatever reason, the All Blacks. So, you know, the question is, um, you know, if Razor and Jamie Joseph weren't in the front, where are the other coaches coming through in New Zealand? They're all overseas, a lot of these good young coaches. and And they're going over there because they don't really see You know, they can get a lot more money over there, just the same as the players. I'm sure uh, that, you know, players are going to Japan uh, for the money. And it's a great experience, but but the money that they're offering will be the major attraction.
0: How do we keep the coaches in New Zealand, given that we've got an all-black coach and his assistants and we've got five super teams um, mm-hmm. the, the, and all of the MPC teams and um, pff, there's, there's coaches all around the world, as you say, New Zealanders yeah. that would be amazing back at MPC level. Is it? Is it finances? We just haven't got the money to, to afford to keep them here?
2: Yep, absolutely. That's what professional sport is all about. It's about money. It's really not about anything else, you know. And when players leave, and you've just seen Suali um, go from, you know, only having been in the NRL for two years, signing with Rugby Australia for $4.8 million.
0: Hmm.
2: I mean, you know, it's money. It's just money. It's got nothing to do with, um, you know, the love of the game no matter what they might say. And you don't blame them because it's a professional sport. Nobody knows how long their career is likely to be. So, you know, they've got to go for the money. And the money is big in Europe and it's big in Japan. Uh, and, um, you know, if it, if it comes to an all-out fight, then we're not going to do very well. The, the The great thing still about New Zealand is the black jersey. You know, so many kids want to be able to pull that on. And um, you know, and when they get it, you know they're most likely sleeping it. The very first night they get awarded their their black jersey. I don't know how long um, that is that that's that's able to last in this new world of consumerism.
1: Well, it's an interesting question, actually. That uh, last one, the kids want to wear the black jersey. What if you went into a uh, classroom now, where uh, basketball and schools are so powerful, Logan? Mm. Um, if you asked stood up in front of the class. Tell uh, me, lads, would you rather wear the black jersey or the Lakers vest?
3: <laughs> As in the LA Lakers.
1: Yeah. That's I a- mean, uh, is your Is your dream to be an all black or is your dream to get to the NBA?
3: Yeah, that's a uh, very good point. When I first heard uh, that grab from Moffat, I had a very similar thought. Uh, maybe players that are playing now, they still have that allure for the black jersey, but I do question whether that is waning when you do have the likes of basketball now being you know, the yeah. most participated sport in New Zealand and continues to grow. Uh, th- there was one thing that I was kind of wondering. When you sort of think about the next generation, right, and you have the All Blacks, you have the Black Ferns. We have this big push for women's rugby, but when I go to say, Cotton On Kids, and I you know I want to get some clothes for my daughter, there's All Black stuff. Where's the Black Fern stuff? I've never understood that. Why? I just don't get why that's not being marketed at, at all. If we have an allure for a black jersey, it's in men's rugby. I don't know why they not also try and push that further in women's rugby as well. Because to me. I think to a lot of people like the black Jersey was once feared and I don't know. I just, it, it saddens me that it's not really like that anymore.
1: No, it's absolutely true. There's no denying that. Uh, they don't, we're not feared, um, respected. Yes. Respected, but not feared. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Hey, uh, you've got to put your other hat on and we're going to get to the sports decks there, but uh, that was interesting. Um, and, uh, it really was from uh, David Moffat, uh, Uh, You know, not uh, banging the desk, but um, just outlining a few of uh, his perspective thoughts. A very good point, though, actually. The most sought-after job in New Zealand rugby, coaching-wise, all-black job. Only two applicants. Only two applicants.